first, I want to say thank you to agreeing to this interview because I know you are a very, very busy person. Yes. I usually like to fly under the radar, but I figured since I'm already on the campaign trail, why not? Okay. First, let's talk about your reign. Now, you've had a fairly long one. What would you attribute to your success and popularity? Oh, that's easy. Every generation is the same. I appeal to their lust and ego. I offer all the sex, wealth, and fame a person could want. Do as thou wilt has been my campaign slogan from the start. And my campaign platform hasn't changed either. I run on the same three issues every generation. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Okay, okay. When you say lust of the flesh, what exactly do you mean? Come on now, what do I mean? Isn't it obvious? I just use humans' own innate physical desires against them. And since sexual desire seems to be the most powerful, I usually run with that. Now, I didn't create sex, but I must say I've done a superb job at perverting it. Take pornography, for example. Well, you should know a lot about this one, Ivan. Weren't you addicted to porn? <coughs> um, this interview is about you, uh, not about me. Can we get back on subject? <coughs> <laughs> now, where was I? Oh, yeah. What I do is gradually get someone addicted to porn. And once Lust has had his full work and he and she can no longer restrain themselves, they usually look to act out their fantasies on someone. And sometimes that someone is a child. Now, my plan plays out perfectly. That abused child will eventually turn to a life of promiscuity and perversion themselves, allowing me to continue my vicious cycle. And here's the kicker. Many of those abused girls end up right in the porn industry. Now, how's that for irony? Mm. The second thing you had mentioned, I believe, you said lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. Can you elaborate? Humans are never satisfied. You always crave more. Bigger house, bigger car, more money, more power. The list goes on and on. I just take their natural ambitious desire, pervert it, and use it against them for their own destruction. My plan is to allow them to never be content. As long as I can keep them craving what others have, I can depend on them to argue, fight, even kill to get it. Humans are so easily tricked into jealousy. And you know what they say. Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. Yes, I have heard that before. The last thing you had mentioned was, I believe, pride of life. Now, how does this fit into your campaign platform? Humans are always on a quest for knowledge. I trick the first humans to seek carnal knowledge over godly wisdom. And it's worked like a charm every generation since. With more knowledge comes more pride. And you know pride is my specialty. And since humans don't like to keep God in their wisdom, I'm able to seduce them with all types of things to help puff up their ego. Lately, fame has been my biggest seller. Who doesn't like attention and feeling more important than the next person? Once I make them famous, I can really use them to promote my agenda. With their help, 
I've convinced half of the world to not only accept sin, but to celebrate it. Do you know what has been my most enjoyable pride campaign to date? No, what? Well, my gay pride campaign, of course. Not only do I get the chance to promote your own self-destruction, I get to use God's logo, the rainbow, to do it. Love is love, right? (laughs) My plan not only prevents you worthless humans from reproducing, it distorts the gender roles and allow me to bring all types of chaos and confusion upon your pathetic societies. It's been so successful, I've got men convinced they're women. And women convinced they're men. And some convinced they're no gender at all. And I've got two more pride initiative campaigns I'd like to introduce in the near future. Hmm. Really? I'm guessing you probably want me to ask you what they are, right? Well, first, it's abortion pride. I think we can pull this off. Society is definitely ready for it. I've been listening to help a Planned Parenthood to work with marketing and promotions. And all we'll have to do is silence the so-called abolitionists and pro-lifers because the rest of the church doesn't seem to care. And second is pedophilia pride. Now, society might not be ready for this one just yet, so we'll hold off. I need to desensitize them a little more before we introduce it. Okay, okay, okay. Let's change gears for a minute and talk about policy. Some may consider your policies destructive, dangerous even. Now, this is going to get a little bit offensive material, but I want you to listen with an open heart. response to that, what would you say to your detractors? All of my policies are aimed to do one of three things. Either steal, kill, or destroy. And if it's not doing one or all three of those things, then it's not in my agenda, and I'm not promoting it. Okay, okay. I'm happy you said that. It seems as if you promote your agenda differently to different different ethnicities. Uh, If so, why? He's going for the race ones. I'd be a fool not to. Take black people, for instance. As a people, they're super spiritual. So I can't really convince them that there is no God. What I have been able to do as of late is convince them that he's not the God of the Bible. Now, I've been real successful at promoting black consciousness and Islam in their communities. I'm so happy you mentioned black people. It seems as if we've been at the very top of your agenda for quite some time. Why is that? A few reasons. Black people helped me reach the masses. Now, as you know, I was over music in heaven. My beats were so dope, I got over a third of the angels to follow me. And once I got here to the earth, I needed artists and entertainers to help me promote my message here. Who better than black people? Black people possess all the natural rhythm and music ability that I need. And it's easy for me to influence them with money since so many of them grew up without it. Another reason I target black people is because they're strong mentally and physically. If black men were to ever find their identity in Christ, I'd be in trouble. So I try my best to destroy the black family structure and keep black men away from his family and the church. Drugs and incarceration are a couple of my more popular means. Without the head of the household present, I can become the head and influence the children without too much resistance. So you mean to tell me that your policies are intentionally racist against black people? Racist? 
<laughs> this has got to be the best I've ever come up with. Now, I can't believe that humans still believe they're different races. But to answer your question, yes. It has always been my policy to target and isolate a group of people. And out of all my strategies, this skin color thing has worked the best. I definitely want to keep white people and black people separated. As long as I can keep black people bitter and white people offended, I'm good. Hopefully black people will never forgive. That way I can continue to use them. Okay, what? My question is, what role, if any, does your administration play in this black-on-black crime epidemic? <laughs> well, as great as my administration is, we can't take all the credit for this. Black people help us tremendously. By aborting so many of their babies, they allow us to bring death to their communities. As the Bible says, they sow the wind and reap a whirlwind. Mm. When implementing all of these policies, do you ever face any resistance or pushback? And if so, from who? One group in particular try to oppose every policy I try to implement. I would be so much further along with my agenda if it wasn't for them. Really? So what group is that? Those pesky, born-again, Jesus followers. They're a real thorn in my side. Every generation, they come together and try to dismantle one of my signature policies. Now, I've convinced half of the world that Jesus didn't exist, and the other half that he wasn't divine. But I can't seem to convince them. They seem hell-bent on telling everybody about him and spreading his message. Some of me believe he's coming to unseat me in this generation. <laughs> Crazy, huh? I'll tell you, those idiots are really messing with my legacy. So, Lucifer, how does that make you feel when uh, us idiots say that Jesus possibly could be coming back in this generation to unseat you? Huh. Y'all been saying that for centuries. I just use it as motivation to get as much of our agenda pushed through and deceive as many people as possible before he returns. I think I've done pretty well. My record speaks for itself. About 150,000 people die each day, and most of them don't know Jesus. 150,000 people. Whew. Well, you know what? This concludes our interview. Wow, pretty chilling and a bit shocking, but it's So, brothers and sisters, this is Brother Leonard. God bless you. I wanted you to hear that interview with Satan. Um, I thought it was interesting. Some of it probably was a bit uh, offensive to some people. But uh, many of what, much of what was said um, was true. But I wanted you to hear it for yourself. Uh, you can think about that. But here's the deal. What he said is absolutely right. The Bible says a thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Jesus said he came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so the problem here is that the enemy laid out his agenda. He told you what he's doing. And that's true. He's going exactly for the juggler vein. He wants to keep you out of heaven at all costs. 
And if he can't keep you out of heaven, then he wants to take you off the earth. He needs to stop you, slow you down as a Christian. Now, if you're not a Christian, he's going to do his dead level best to kill you. Remember, steal, kill, and destroy. If it's not that, it's not his agenda. So, what are we going to do about that? What are you going to do about accepting the Lord? That's something that you really need to give thought to. What are you going to do about that? You know, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, we fight against things that are unseen, even though people are actually um, committing the offenses against you or what have you. The bottom line is there's somebody behind the scenes. So I need you to think about this. Think about what you've heard. This interview, I thought it was really interesting. Um, got it off YouTube and it's picked up a whole lot of hits. Lots of people are watching it because we understand that that's exactly what he's doing. I wish he had gone in depth with each um, race, how the enemy is attacking each race, but he didn't. Um, but still, that uh, that was riveting. So, if you want to escape hell, if you don't want to go to hell, then brothers and sisters, you have to do something about that. The only way you can avoid going to hell is accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's more to this thing than just heaven and hell. You know, I always say that uh, you got insurance on everything. You, you got insurance on the vehicles you drive. You got insurance on the house you live in or the apartment you live in. Uh, sometimes you buy warranties for different items that you purchase, right? And so you have all these different things, you know, that's covered. In the event of damage, in the event of loss, in the event of theft. But the one thing that you don't have covered is your eternal and your immortal spirit. Because when you die, your spirit is coming out of your body. That's why when you look at people laying in a casket, they don't look the same because their spirit is gone. It's not the real them. It's just the body they lived in. But you cover everything except your immortal spirit. So here's the question to you. What are you going to do with the time that you have left right now? When are you going to ensure your immortal spirit? When are you going to make sure that you're going to be able to live with Jesus for the rest of eternity? Because there's only 
two options to live with Jesus or to live apart from him. And if you live apart from him, then you're going to hell. There's no there's no in between. Nothing. There is no in between. I know other religions talk about all these different things and maybe you go to purgatory and stay there for a while and then you're elevated. No, no, no. Mm -mm. No, the Bible says it's appointed unto the man wants to die and then the judgment. There is no in between. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Book of Revelations tell you exactly. The scripture says that death and hell were thrown into the lake of fire. So when you think about that, the place where you go when you die is hell. It's a prison cell. It's a place of torment, a place of utter disgust. But then that place, after God judges you at the great white throne judgment, even hell and death are thrown into the lake of fire which is the final tormenting place. Here's what I want to tell you. You don't have to go there. You don't have to do that. It's not for you. You know, have you thought about this? If you die and you're not saved, have you given any thought to burning for eternity? For being in immense pain, but it never stops? Have you thought about the torture and the torment of being burnt alive, but never being consumed? Have you thought about that? You have to give that some thought. I don't care what you believe. Here's the deal. You can tell me, you know, Brother Leonard, I don't want to hear what you got to say. I'm going to take my chance. And that's fair. You can do that. But you're a fool. If you take a chance on eternity. That's one bet that you don't want to lose. But for those of you who are interested in the Lord Jesus Christ and you don't want to go to hell. There's one way. And that's through Jesus to avoid going to hell. There's a lot of good things besides the fact that you don't go to hell, but you have that relationship with almighty God who gives you peace, who gives you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Who's there with you. He's there for you always. He's your protector. He's your provider. He's right there. He's always there. When you go through rough times, when you go through good times, he's there as a friend. Most of all, he's there as your father, you know, and some of you, I know you've probably had some bad fathers, but this one is a really good one. He's the best. And so give that some thought. But if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me. You just believe it in your heart. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you right now and I'm a sinner and I want to be saved. You said in your word that if I would confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus 
and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, that I'll be saved. Lord, you said they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord Jesus, I call upon you now. Come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life. I need you so much. Take me, Lord. Change me. Use me to your glory. I receive you now. Thank you for saving me. According to your word, Lord, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Brothers and sisters, if you pray that prayer, you're a child of God. I want you to get in a good Bible believing church and download you some Bible apps and maybe even go buy a Bible. But start to study. You know, the word said that as newborn babes desire to sincere milk of the word. That means that you have to study, read the Bible, you know, and you want to find out more about this Jesus that you accepted. So go in the New Testament. It's OK. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Read through those and and really get a feel of who Jesus is, you know, and then I want you to start reading in the New Testament, starting with the book of Acts and just take your time and ask the Lord to help you, you know, and you can read the Old Testament when you get time. But I don't want you to get the two covenants confused. All right. The New Testament is for you. OK, so anything from the book of Acts all the way through Revelation is absolutely for the church today. All of the word of God was written for instruction and reproof, for correction, that the man and the woman of God can, uh, can be ready to live this life. So, brothers and sisters, God bless you. God keep you. You have a wonderful, wonderful day.